Prospect Pipeline. Hello, everyone. Welcome into our new episode of Prospect Pipeline here on Flyers Radio 24-7, the Flyers Broadcast Network. I'm Brian Smith, joined as always by Bill Meltzer. And we have uh, certainly found ourselves in a strange situation as far as the uh, non-NHL portions of the organization are concerned. If you think things are weird in the NHL, well, you haven't seen anything yet when you look at the other leagues that are going on around the around the world, really, from uh, from the American Hockey League all the way down through uh, American and Canadian juniors and uh, across the ocean into Europe. So everything is, is very uh, kind of wild right now. And really all we're going to do is talk a little bit about what's going on and what exactly uh, we, we know and what we don't know about uh, what might proceed here as we head into the spring months. So, uh, so Bill, we'll get started with the Phantoms because they are underway. Um, you know, the, the, the entire American Hockey League was a little bit bumpy, it seemed, in getting their preseason going. The Phantoms themselves, I think, had six separate dates uh, wiped out before they finally got a, a preseason game in. Um, but uh, they are now off and running on a uh, what's going to look like a very strange American Hockey League schedule. If you're used to the uh, the way the AHL usually works, you know that this it's a regional league, and uh, you know most of the time uh, teams are playing uh, the other teams closest to their cities. They will venture out a couple of times a year and go get some uh, some travel in and play some teams that they don't usually see. But that's not the case this year. <laughs> the uh, Phantoms are going to play their entire schedule against uh, the Hershey Bears, the Wolfsbury Scranton Penguins, and the Binghamton Devils. So they are going to just uh, go exclusively against those three teams. Um, Bill, I guess to start, let's talk a little bit about how this season got going for the Phantoms. Uh, A couple of wild cards, in effect, are the taxi squad that the NHL has. So the Flyers have some players stashed there, but the Phantoms also have some players from the – uh, from, from major juniors in Canada that normally would not be eligible to play for them this year. So uh, I, I guess a little bit of a give and take there, but uh, what are some of the main differences in terms of constructing a roster in the American Hockey League that uh, are not normally there? Yeah, we'll, we'll start with the uh, the junior eligible players. You know, um, uh, Tyson Forster and uh, Zade Wisdom both opened the season with the Phantoms. That's because that's because the Ontario hockey league season is still up in the air with the, uh, you know, regional with the provincial health ministry and, and all kinds of, all kinds of moving parts actually get anything going there. So, you know, ordinarily there's the age eligibility rule for, for players who were on um, CHL affiliated teams. Um, you have to be at least 20 years old to play in the American hockey league, as you know, um, They've, they've relaxed that rule so that if your your junior league is not playing, you can play the American League when you know once you're you're drafted and under contract. So uh, so that's how that's how Forrester and Wisdom were able to start the season with the Phantoms. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, they, the Phantoms are riddled with injuries, and the injury bug bit uh, Forrester in the first game of the season. Um, it, was a, it was a very strange play. You know, Forrester was having a really solid. Uh, AHL debut. It's late in the third period, about three and a half minutes to go, and um, completely accidental. But one of the, the Hershey players was careening along the ice, it was sliding, and he took out Forster's legs from under him. Uh, and Forster needed help getting off the ice. And you know, you see that, and you go, "Oh, geez, here we go." Yeah. Um, you know, it, 
it's bad. He has a uh, he has a fractured shin bone. He should miss about a month, but it's better than an ACL or something like that, where you're looking at a, you know you're looking at a calendar year or something right, like right. that. Right, so, right. Like you said, yeah. a really freak accident too. You know, we really, just, yeah, just just, uh, just an innocuous crazy. thing, completely you know completely accidental. He just uh, Steve Whitney lost his balance and he slid into Forster's legs, took his legs out from under him, and you know and, and Forster couldn't get back up again. It was a uh, you know just just a freakish play and it's a shame because you know forcers are going to lose about a month here in an already shortened season um you know and, and he he was showing pretty well in, in his debut um and wisdom has played pretty well too so you know he he's definitely shows promise as a guy who played the nhl so, they, so you do have that component you do have the addition of the uh, of the junior kids um you know the uh and then you have guys going up and down to the taxi squad. We'll probably get into that in a, in a moment, but that, that reduces your AHL numbers of, of who's available um, based on who's up there. I mean, you know, American league teams are used to a lot of call-ups during the season, but uh, you know, you could have some guys potentially who were called up from the AHL squad and they end up in the NHL. You know, other guys that are on the taxi squad. Um, you're supposed to only have six guys uh, maximum in the taxi squad, but because of the, the COVID situation with the Flyers right now, uh, there's temporarily eight guys who are who are on the taxi squad. Um, it's Alex Lyon, Felix Sandstrom, uh, Nate Prosser, Derek Pouliot, Connor Bunneman, Andy Andrioff, Sam Moran, and Carson Swarinski. Those are those are the eight right now. So none of those players are, are currently um, available for the Phantoms, but. But as you know, as things move ahead, you can move some guys up and down again. It's uh, you know, it's really it's really a strange times. You know, you you referenced playing your whole season in the division. The, the fans are going to play the entire thirty eight game schedule either in Pennsylvania or New Jersey because the Binghamton Devils for this season are relocated to uh, Newark, which is of course where the, the New Jersey Devils play. So they're playing their games on the on the practice rink facility at the uh, at the Prudential Center. So at all 38 Phantoms games, and for those of us who cover the American League, and, and you know, Brian, that uh, you know, long season series within your division are typical, but I've never seen a 14-game season series before. Probably will never see it again. Yeah, I mean, even back in the day when the Phantoms were in Philadelphia, the max was 12. They'd play right. Hershey 12 times and Wilkes-Barre 10, stuff like that. But, uh, but, but you would, you know, you'd get a trip in once a year, really, to – the Midwest or to New York or something like that. And I mean, it was definitely heavily uh, leaning toward the, the East division, I think is what it was at the time. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, this year was, there's, there's just some other teams I think that are only playing like two teams, I think the whole year or something like That's that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, 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 so it's, you know, and it's weird too, because previously those Western teams had shorter seasons than the, the Eastern teams. Um, and so they would determine playoff seedings by point percentage, which we might end up seeing in the NHL, depending on, you know, if, if they can reschedule everybody to the full 56 game schedule. Um, but this year it's actually the East has, the East has shorter schedules. Um, so, you know, I mean, the Phantoms, the Phantoms are going to be seeing those, those teams every single game. So they've already played two thirds, two thirds of the division. And, uh, you know, they're, they're headed back to Hershey and, and then to um, Newark again before they, uh, you know, before before they shift out and play the um, where they play Wilkes-Barre Scranton, but that's uh, you know so there's going to be a lot of familiarity. You know, a lot of uh, familiarity breeds contempt, right? It, it'll, it'll be uh, I have 13 more games left of those two teams, and 14 with uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton. I mean, that, that's going to be 
be pretty wild. And also, too, also the uh, American League is traditionally kind of almost a weekend league. You know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They they're they're playing they're playing a, a very compacted schedule, and uh, we don't even know what the playoff ramifications are, are going to be. You know, it's really really NHL teams and the, the AHL clubs too. When you know want to want to get the season in, and it's really you know it's really just a a season so that the team can teams can be playing. You know, uh, long term in terms of the the Calder Cup and whatever. I did, uh, there's a lot of details with that still to be worked out. Uh, part of it is, you know, you have teams in Canada and being able to cross the border and all that. That's still, that's still something to be determined as as they go along here. So, you know, it's really, really as, as Scott Gordon said, it's take it day by day, and you know, you, you have you have the roster you have at that given time, and, and you work around it. It's very, very, very strange time. You talked about the taxi squad a little bit and kind of you know what what that entails. And the one thing about the taxi squad that I'm I'm guessing that you know, NHL teams are going to be watching out for is the fact that those guys aren't playing in games. And, you know, at some point or another, you're going to want to get all those guys into a game, um, regardless of, you know, how many years they've played, you know, you got veterans in there like Andrioff and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, at some point you're going to want to get those guys some, some game time. So they're not uh, just coming out and practicing every day. And I, and I would have to imagine that whenever possible, that's going to mean, um, you know, looping them down into the American League, uh, you know, at some point so they can get out there and, and, and get some game things under them. But then you've also got the situation the Flyers are in right now where, you know, as far as I know, they're uh, not technically shut down because of COVID, but for all intents and purposes, they are as we record this. Um, just, you know, we have very little communication on what's going on with the big club, but it does seem that Voorhees is closed until at least the Monday after president or until president's day, the Monday of president's day weekend. So uh, not a lot of uh, game action for those guys. And, you, you know, again, you want to make sure, I think that uh, at some point you're able to get some of those guys into some games. So if they're needed at the NHL level, they're ready to go. Uh, they're they're going to have to, um, you know, the, the AHL season went on pause about the same time the NHL season did last year. And of course, the age still season was eventually canceled. There was no bubble. There was nothing else. So for for the guys who were in the Phantoms last year, who have yet to play a game, like Carson Twerinski or Andrioff, it, it's going on eleven months since their last since their last bona fide game. They, you know, if you, you if they're going to be viable to potentially activate for an NHL game, they're going to need some AHL time. And of course, you know, Sam Moran rehabbing the uh, most recent ACL tear. You know, he's he's been in one NHL game, one AHL preseason game, and one AHL regular season game, and he's been moving. He's moved back up to the taxi squad again. So, you know, I, I think also there's some confusion as to, okay, you know, if you call a guy up from the AHL, I, you know, does he have to quarantine? I mean, I had to get clarification on that myself um, because if a player's in the taxi squad, he's tested on the same basis as the NHL guys are. So he's immediately available to the team. But the AHL, if you're sent to the AHL, as long as you're testing on the same basis as the NHL players, which is on a daily basis, you have no symptoms and no no suspected exposures, then you can come up without quarantining also. So once guys go down, you know, if you want them to be eligible to be called back up on, you know, on a, a, the drop of a hat, then they have to be testing the same way the NHL guys are. So 
I, you know, like Moran has been doing that. So Moran can go up and down as, as they need to, as long as his tests, you know, come out negative and he feels well. So he can get, he can see time with the Phantoms. He can practice with the taxi squad. He could be activated once the Flyers resume for another NHL game. It has some flexibility in there. Um, if other players who are, who would not fall into that category where they, if they don't meet all those requirements, then they would have to quarantine before they could join. And that's, that's really the advantage of keeping the taxi squad on, you know, even after the AHL decided to go ahead and have a season, because if you're on the taxi squad, you're, you're clear COVID wise, you know, you're testing the same basis as the NHL guys are. So you could be activated immediately. Like Connor Bunneman, he's moved consistently from, uh, from taxi squad to well, at least while Couturier was out to so the game rosters and they, they can move up and down seamlessly. I mean, that's uh that's a new thing this season during, during the pandemic. It's probably going to be a one season only thing, but it's definitely something that the farm team has to deal with too. Who's available to you. Who's up with the, who's up with the taxi squad. Who's up in the NHL. Your, your, your game rosters are going to look pretty different from, from game to game and day to day, particularly as you're trying to get some game action or guys who need it. So it's uh you know, it's definitely a, it's definitely a challenge for the coaches and for the players. You mentioned Sam Moran. Let's touch on his situation for a minute. Um, you know, very interesting situation for him, even if it was a normal year. Um, you know, he's coming back, as you mentioned, from a second ACL injury. And in doing so, uh, the organization shifted him to left wing. So he is learning a whole new position. And he has had uh, a couple of interesting scenarios so far this year. He was able to get an NHL game in at the position, which uh, he only played about five minutes. But, uh, you know, you, you can definitely get uh, a huge amount of valuable uh, experience, for lack of a better word, you know, m- more or less input, I think, from just getting in an NHL game and playing, even if it's only five minutes for him, gives him so much to think about in terms of things maybe that he needs to to adapt or things that are going well for his preparation, uh, you know, some video for him to watch. And then he goes down to the American League and still playing left wing there, but he's also being utilized at defense on the penalty kill. So, uh, so suddenly turning into a very interesting uh, very versatile player. What what are your thoughts, Ben, as far as what you've seen from him um, so far and what's really only been a, a few uh, public performances in terms of games, but uh, trying to make this transition? Oh, it, it, it's very much a work in progress. You know, I, you would expect after playing fence his whole career, you know, the uh, some of the defensive responsibilities that a winger has covering the, uh, you know, the weak side play with the, backdoor play with the uh, defenseman from the other side pinching in, you know, you have, you have responsibilities there. You have responsibilities along the walls and in breakouts and stuff. And, you know, he's, he's learning. It, it's all, it's all on the job training. Um, you know, the, you can learn from video, but really you, you truly only learn by doing, um, you know, I, I have no problem whatsoever with, uh, with moving him to PK back on, back on defense because he's not going to be a PK or a, as a winger, at least at this point right now. So, you know, put him, put him back in an area where he's comfortable and in PK situations, he, he can help you out there. You know, the, the more areas that he can help, um, be, besides just being, you know, a, an energy line forward coming in, throwing his weight around, you know, and, and uh, bringing a physical presence, I, I think it I think it helps his chances of working his way back into the NHL. So, you know, and, and for Sam's part, and, you know, you, I mean, you'll never you'll never meet a, a person with a, a better attitude and a better work ethic than, than Samuel Moran. I mean, he will he will do anything that's asked of him. So he he certainly doesn't mind moving back to D on on penalty kill or being 
being asked to play forward. Um, you know, he uh, with a phantom to their exhibition game, you know, part of Sam's game is dropping the gloves from time to time and, and you know, providing a spark that way if he can. Um, in the exhibition game, he, he really wanted to go with one of the Penguins. You know, he couldn't find a taker. But in the Hershey game, uh, uh, Cassie was very happy to oblige him. I mean, he, Cassie's had some go-arounds with the Phantoms before. And as long as, as long as Cassie is in the lineup and Moran is with the Phantoms, uh, I suspect that it won't be their, the last time dropping the gloves with each other this season. Um, and, but that wasn't really a fight out of animosity. It was really Moran trying to work his way back in. And, you know, Cassie gave him, gave him a shot by, by dropping gloves with him. Moran had a big smile on his face afterwards. He was, you know, he was he was happy to get out there and get his, get his first fight in and whatnot. But I mean, you know, he, I, I think Sam also during during camp too, and it was really, you know, I guess I guess visible only to those of us that were, were at the scrimmages and whatever. He really was was working on uh, setting setting himself up net front. He banged in a couple of rebound goals, a couple of deflection goals, even um, at least at least one. Uh, so he's he's trying to diversify his game, trying to make himself make himself useful in different ways, and I think I think that's the key. If Sam is going to, uh, you know, potentially get back to the NHL level and, and get his career back on track, I think that's going to be necessary uh, to to be able to show that he can be moved around and you know able to be able to contribute in not just the physical way, but also being able to win some battles, help on the forecheck. You know, kill some penalties if you need him back on D. I mean, I think I think all those things are to his benefit. I think there's no question too that 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 work ethic and that attitude that you mentioned is really the only reason he's still around. You know, I think uh, if you had a player that didn't have those things or had a bad one, um, that you know, two ACLs would probably pretty much end things for him. But uh, hopefully, we we see that pay off for Sammy sometime here in the near future. Um, another, another interesting thing to me anyway, that, uh, you know, I, I, we, we, we are a little maybe more in tune with, uh, the organization's goaltending depth. And I think most fans that, uh, you know, are used to just seeing Brian Elliott and Carter Hart on a game by game basis. And then Alex Lyon comes along if something's wrong with, with one of them. But, uh, you know, we knew back in camp that, that Kira Lustomenko had a, I think a relatively late, diagnosis of a torn labrum. I don't know if he did this in December or if it was just something that they finally picked up on in December, but, uh, he was, uh, he under, he underwent surgery in December. That's going to keep him out for a while. And so I kind of found myself wondering who the Phantom's other goalie was, because as you mentioned, lion is stashed away on the taxi squad and, uh, you know, Felix Sandstrom uh, was the only one I knew of. So I get on the internet and look and we find Zane McIntyre at some point was quietly signed to an American hockey league deal. And, uh, he, he's another veteran, isn't he? That brings a little bit of depth to the goaltending core. Should the flyers ever need to, to use him? I don't think, you know, if, if they get to that point, I think it's probably not a very good situation just because of the people in front of him. And that would just mean a lot of people are hurt, but, um, you know, the, the phantoms at least do have, um, you know, some, uh, you know, some experience in their, uh, in, in their crease for, uh, for the games they are playing. For sure. Yeah. I, Ustamenko, he was playing in, in Belarus during the NHL offseason, but he only got into two games because the hip was bothering him. And that, that's when he came back here and the doctors found the other uh, torn labrum. Uh, that, was, that was back in December. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, he, he'd had a really promising rookie year last year with Reading. Came up towards the end of the year for the Phantoms and into the Phantoms and had uh, it was kind of, a, kind of a mixed bag in his first 
AHL experience, but he's he's still quite young and he advanced, I think, in his first year faster than hope. So that's a shame for him. It's a it's a tough setback. Um, this is this is an important year for for Sandstrom in his development. This is the third year of his entry level deal. The first year he was on loan to a team in Sweden, um, and he had you know a, a kind of a, a rough first pro season. I think it's fair to say mostly with Reading. Um, so, you know, but he, uh, he's, there's never been a question of talent. I mean, he, he went head to head with Carter Hart on the world juniors and they were both, you know, both standouts for their respective teams. Um, it's just, uh, just a question of, you know, he's had some injury issues himself. Um, he had, he's only, he was only in the exhibition game for the Phantoms. He did record a shutout in, in that game against Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Um, never really looked in trouble in that game. Truthfully, it wasn't tested all that much. But, uh, you know, but at some point, I think we'd like to work some kind of a rotation with, with McIntyre and, and Sancho. And in regards to McIntyre, he has a little bit of NHL experience. He's, he's a good, solid AHL veteran, kind of a, you know, kind of a, uh, on par in some ways with a with an Alex Lyon, you know, who's played a little bit in the NHL too. Uh, but McIntyre's been, you know, very strong in the first two games of the regular season. Um, if Sandstrom can can get going, get, get an occasional game for Lyon in to, uh, to keep him sharp. I mean, I think that's, that's what you'll see this season. But I think goaltending definitely has a chance to be a strength for, for the Phantoms this season. And hopefully Ustamenko fills up well and, you know, gets, gets himself going again. Yeah, so there is, you know, there is some depth in the system if you can get Ustamenko and, and Sandstrom going. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a year from now, we're not going to really swing around, talk too much about Europe today, but Samuel Erson is really having a, a strong season in Sweden too, so he might he might be in the relatively near future in North America as well. So yes, there is there is some depth in the system uh, below Hard and and uh, Brian Elliott. So where do we go from here? I guess is kind of what I wanted to wrap this up with, and I don't think you know any of us know for sure where we go from here. We're not even sure exactly uh, how the NHL season is going to proceed and. Um, you know, what exactly the future holds. The league has uh, just recently come out with sweeping changes to its COVID protocol, essentially putting the entire league on uh, a kind of stay-at-home order that m- most states in our area were under when this whole thing first started last spring. Uh, you know, players can't or aren't supposed to leave their house for any reason other than uh, to go to practice or games or travel on the road, I suppose, um, you know, except for a very limited number of of circumstances, but, um, you know, that all being said, um, you know, we are seeing some, uh, situations where, uh, leagues are getting going. Um, you know, as you mentioned, the American league, uh, does have a little bit of a holdup in Canada, although that does seem to perhaps, uh, have some, uh, movement now in terms of getting the teams in Ontario playing. Um, but, um, we still don't have much going on in the major junior level, uh, we still don't have a, I don't know that there's anything going on. Is there in the United States, uh, junior level? And then, uh, the college programs are, are kind of hit and miss right now. What are your thoughts on, uh, what the spring holds here for some of the, uh, some of the players out there that, um, are at the various levels of, of, uh, amateur hockey and, uh, looking for a way to at least, uh, get some ice time in over the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, with the the collegiate hockey divisions, it's really like, you know from one conference to the next, you know, and there's still some cancellations going on. It, it's nice to see guys like Jay O'Brien back and playing, and uh, he said, you know, he's shown some promise uh, so far with uh, Boston University that maybe he his development is is back on track. 
uh, particularly through the first eight games. I think he had kind of a quiet weekend this past weekend. But so far, so far, so good with him. Um, you know, uh, after the after the World Juniors, you have um, you have Cam York and um, Bobby Brink back with their collegiate teams, and uh, they're they're back and playing. So you know, there are there are some things to look look forward to at the collegiate level the rest of the season. Um, you know, Noah Cates continues to progress at uh, Minnesota Duluth. So you know, there there are some guys worth watching. But it, you know, it, it gets a little strange. You look at the schedule some weekends, and you know, well, you, okay, well, this game is postponed, and this game, this game's venue was changed, and it's you know, it's uh, it, it's pretty messy. And it, it, it usually, usually, you know, you you usually play teams on back to back days. You know, Friday, Saturday, sometimes Saturday, Sunday, and, and now the the schedule is a little bit a little bit all over the place. But, uh, you know, but at least these games finally seem to be getting in, including some of the conferences that started really late. Um, in other cases, though, like, like Gale's hockey program, um, they, they're not, there is no hockey program this season, so they're not having a season. Um, so that uh, Jack St. Ivany, for example, he, he transferred over to uh, Boston College so he could have a season, you know, from Yale. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's, really, it's really a matter of everybody staying prepared and it's a very very fluid and it you know as we're recording this it might, it might be different in two days so it's uh you know uh but i but i think for the most part the guys that, that have played have continued to progress fairly well um you know there are at least at the lower levels the players who who are playing have been pretty healthy this season that's, that's something the, the phantoms have not uh, enjoyed it all. You know, we mentioned Ustamenko, well, Isaac Ratcliffe and Lasinski and Wade Allison. And, uh, and we talked about Forster being injured too. So a lot of these, these prospects on the team, you know, guys, the Flyers view as NHL guys and down the line they they haven't been able to play due to being injured. So I think one of the things to look forward to the rest of the season is getting some of those guys healthy and getting them in some games. And of course, probably the biggest injury of all is the one to Morgan Frost. So he's at the NHL level, but, you know, but he's still uh, you know, considered a prospect because he's, he hasn't played. He still qualifies as a rookie in the NHL. So getting Morgan healthy after the shoulder surgery, and he's also on the COVID list, and Forster and Allison and Lisinski and Ratcliffe and Ustamenko, I mean, it's a long list. And getting as many of those guys healthy, getting them back in games, and getting them ready for next season, I think is uh, the biggest thing. And hopefully, you know, we're not uh, – hopefully by next season we're looking at a normal hockey season again. I think that's – that's the biggest goal. Whatever, whatever the league, whatever the level. Well, we will continue to keep tabs on things as best we can, and we'll check in with this group in the uh, Flyers organization uh, a couple more times, I'm sure, over the course of the season here and kind of keep you up to speed on what is going on and uh, where things are headed as we, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, again, like Bill said, uh, start to return to some uh, some semblance of normalcy. We will see how things go. But again, we'll keep you up to speed here on Prospect Pipeline uh, over the course of the uh, late winter and early spring months. Bill, thanks for the time. And we will be hearing from you soon, I'm sure, on some of our other shows as well. Always a pleasure, Brian.
All right. Thanks again for joining us, folks, here on Prospect Pipeline. Make sure that you uh, keep tuned in with everything going on here on the Flyers Broadcast Network. We've got our Broadcasters Roundtable coming out uh, toward the end of every month. We'll have another one here coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, just recapping the month gone by uh, with the Flyers Broadcast team. And also, of course, uh, Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez is there every day to keep you up to speed on what's going on inside the organization. Uh, and Anything but hockey with Andrea Helfrich is uh, up and running as well with some very interesting episodes. So make sure you check it all out at flyersbroadcastnetwork.com and you can stay with us uh, for the games themselves as well as all Lehigh Valley Phantoms games. You can find them all on our streaming station, Flyers Radio 24-7. Just go to tunein.com and search for Flyers Radio 24-7. That'll take you to the page and you can uh, favorite the station there to get to whenever you want and you can also find that link at flyersbroadcastnetwork.com. For Bill Meltzer, I'm Brian Smith. Thanks very much for joining us, everyone. The preceding program is an original production of the Flyers Broadcast Network. You can find this and other programs available on demand at flyersbroadcastnetwork.com.